0: hey hey it's your girl carla renata we are back for episode 11 of black tomatoes tully bad samaritan overboard let's go what's up y'all we are black
1: well you are i'm black, black.
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> yes I am Carla Renata, your host for Black Tomatoes here at Black Hollywood Live. And my co-host is
1: Scott Manzel with four <laughs> black brothers. There you go.
0: He's an honorary black person. So there's that. Yep. So um, we're going to get right into it. But before we do, let's just acknowledge that Avengers Infinity War has hit the one billion mark worldwide. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Yes, that's kind Whoa! of amazing. That's kind of amazing. So we just had to give them their props and say, "What's up, Avengers: Infinity War?" <laughs> and now we're gonna talk about a little film called Tully. I have been waiting for this because <laughs> you like left us.
1: Uh, no one else cares, I'm sure. But it, it was like two or three weeks ago we brought this movie up, and then you were like, "Oh, I went to the press day," and you were like, Dia- uh, "Diablo Cody wasn't there." Why was Diablo Cody yes. not there?
0: So Diablo Cody was not at the pre- at the Mommy Press Day or press junket for um, Tully because she was the writer of a pilot on ABC called Most Likely 2. So she was doing Double uh, Duty that week, and she's the showrunner for Most Likely 2, which is um, on the bubble to see whether or not it's going to get picked up by ABC. And it stars my good girlfriend, Yvette Nicole Brown. Shout out to Yvette! There you go. So that's why Diablo Cody was not there. That was, was a double hush day. hush then, huh? <laughs> yes. So that's why Diablo Cody was not there, but everyone else was. Charlize was there, Rob was there, everybody was there. And it was a really cool press junket because the night that we screened the film, you, I, t- I think I told you this before. So I hang with the mommy bloggers. Yes. That's my crew, those are my peeps, that's my tribe. So I hang with the mommy bloggers and I. They invited the mommy bloggers to a mom's night out before the Tully film, which was brilliant, considering the fact that this film is about motherhood and the struggles and the pains and the joys that go along with it. So it was so great to see all these moms. Some of them, you know, looked like they had just come home and changed the shirt with throw-up. And some of them were dressed to the nines like they were going to a movie premiere. And they were so excited, and there was lots of alcohol, and they were drinking, and it was fabulous. And the theater was full. There wasn't an empty seat in the house. And then Charlize Theron came in and surprised us and talked to us ahead of time before the film. So that was kind of amazing. And then we saw the film. Now, I'm not a mother. Right. I have no children, but I am someone's daughter. So there's that. (laughs) So I'm kind of in relation by the fact that I am someone's daughter. But the thing that was um, amazing to me about Tully is that motherhood, after you have the baby, there's a whole gamut of emotions that go along with that that most people just are not aware of and don't know about. And they, they judge moms because of that. And I think that's kind of wrong. And it's, it's so amazing that Diablo Cody kind of got us where Juno left off. It's like where Juno left off and and totally picks up, right? So in Juno, the little girl was pregnant, but she hadn't had the baby yet. Now she's had the baby. Now she's had two babies, and now she's going to have a third. And all of the stuff that comes with that. And that postpartum depression thing is real. It's real. I feel so bad for mommies. Like, it's bad enough that your body gets stretched out of shape. You go through mood swings. You have cravings. You eat things that you wouldn't normally eat. And then you have the baby. And then you go through postpartum depression. And a lot of men can't understand that, which was really interesting because in the film, her husband <laughs> her husband in the film had no empathy. That bad yeah. boy would be in the bed at night playing video games with headsets on. So, I'm like, yo, you're not going to help her? Like, what's going on? So basically, the premise of the film is this woman... Is having her third child. She's a little overwhelmed with the two that she has. One of them is a little special. I would say that he was. I would say that he was autistic. But we had a conversation about this Friday night, where someone, um, one of our critics from the LA Online Film Critics Society, said that they I forget the terminology that she used, but it's something other it's, than um, autistic.
1: It's they're on the spectrum, and it, there's a level. There's different levels to that.
0: Yeah. So he he she seems to um, believe that he's on the spectrum of not being completely autistic, but close enough to it, that it was a problem for her. Um, And you see how hard it is for this woman. And when her brother invites her over with his extra, so extra, (laughs) over-the-top wife to have dinner before she has the baby, he offers her a night nanny, and she thinks it's just one of those pretentious, you know, why am I doing this kind of things? and. That's when the the shenanigans begin. So let's uh let's take a little look see at the trailer. They take care of the baby at night
1: so mom and dad can get some sleep. I don't want a stranger in my house. It's like a Lifetime movie where
0: the nanny tries to kill the family and the mom survives <laughs> and she's
1: drunk pain at the end. Get over yourself. <laughs> mom, what's wrong with your body? <laughs> Hello. Kelly. I'm here to take care of you. I'm just not used to people doing things for me. I hold a baby all day, and then nighttime rolls around, and I'm supposed to just switch gears. Like, hello, I'm all sexy now. You're empty. Yeah. So this this movie, no, this for screen. me, I, I saw this as a special surprise screening at Sundance. Oh. And I'm a big fan of Jason Reitman, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of Diablo Cody. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when Jason Reitman and Diablo Cody go separate ways, the result is not always greatness. Uh-huh. But for some reason, whenever they work together, it's like they understand one another. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating because they've... Worked together three times. This is the third time. Right. And they had Juno, Young Adult, and now this one. And it just, they balance off one another so perfectly as a writing and directing duo. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a male aspect of this movie that, you know, it's interesting that you came off and you're like, he's just sitting in, in the bed and not doing anything. Yeah. And it's funny because they show him throughout the movie kind of like doing stuff with the kids he's the guy who's going off to work doing the work and you know he's not being asked to do anything and he's just trying to relax himself and it's 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 interesting because i do <laughs> see what you're saying and i mean he should have helped i mean yeah you yeah. look you look at it too but just watching the two of them go back but the, what i think that more of the issue is is the depression that you're talking about mm. is that they don't really have this kind of chemistry anymore where like the kids and that's something that a lot of people always talk about. When you have kids, the there's always a joke, right? Like your love life is gone, you know, <laughs> the the relationship's down the toilet, you just feed the kids, you get them ready for school, and you stress. And I think this movie does such a great job of showing how both of them are just so unhappy. But the way that they react to it and they handle it is completely different.
0: Yeah. back Speak back to the, the husband. Yeah. It wasn't so much that I didn't think he was doing anything. I just felt like, and I've seen this happen. I have a lot of friends that have children. Yes. And I have a lot of family members that have kids. And with my friends, I was there when the kids were born. I was there when they were pregnant i was there for all of that and i saw how their husbands reacted and it wasn't too far removed from what we see in this film and the thing that's annoying and frustrating especially for me watching and i'm pretty sure for my for my friends sure. that have had the kids is that you shouldn't have to ask for help you should look and see that somebody needs help. Like, why sh- Why should she have to say, you know, it would be really nice if you helped me? Because I promise you, if she said it in the tone of voice of what she was feeling in that moment, it's going to incite an argument, and that's going to lead to nothing being accomplished. So... It, she she sh- no woman should have to go. Could you help me with the kids? You, sh- you should never have to say that. It's your kid too. They didn't get here by themselves, so you should you should help. You should just offer. If she says no, then that's different. Right. But you should at least say, "Honey, do you need some help? What if I did?" Blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? I will
1: I will say too. Another thing about this movie is that their relationship throughout the movie it, it it's, it's constantly changing, and the reason why it's changing is that they're. I don't want to use the word settle, but I can't think of the word that I'm looking for right now. But it's it's almost like they're fine with the way things are. They're, they're complacent. That's a good yeah. They so, are. So they're 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 all very complacent. I agree. With so that. when totally comes into the picture, and she kind of shows you know Charlize, Charlize Theron's character, like what it was like to be young again. You know she. They open up they have conversations about sex they have conversation about like how things used to be. oh this is where what my life was like. And I think a lot of people, don't realize that their lives get like this it just becomes very like repetitive very mundane very similar
0: yeah they get there and they. I think sometimes they don't realize how they got there and then all of a sudden they're just kind of there and once they're there I don't think they always know how to deal with it
1: they don't and you know that's the great thing about this movie because something does happen at the end of this movie I don't want to spoil it because not enough people are seeing this movie which people should be seeing
0: I know it should the line should be around the corner for it because it's fantabulous it yeah. really is um, but but
1: there's something that happens near the end of the movie and you know it really serves as a wake up call to Ron Livingston's character which is the husband and i mean at that point like i mean that that's such an emotional payoff you know like he he kind of realizes like that he was distracted, he's trying to focus on bringing home the bacon, you know, the money, <laughs> but he's ignoring what was right in front of his face. Exactly, and I, I really appreciate it because I felt like it was very well rounded. Mm-hmm. And most, mo- and this is another thing about Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman, is that a lot of directors or storytellers would try to kind of do both. And why I felt this movie was so effective was that they focused on Charlize Theron's character. Mm. And it was like, we didn't know that much about the husband. Mm-mm. You know, we just kind of thought like, he's working, but he's kind of lazy. We don't really know what to make yeah, of him. exactly. But then at the end, you're kind of like, oh, he's just, he's a good guy. He just was complacent. He didn't, you know, he just did his whatever he did. I agree with that. Yeah, so absolutely. I really... I absolutely
0: agree with that. And I absolutely agree with not spoiling it for anybody because yeah. it, it people if we tell them then it's like why go right, see it right so because that kind of jacked me up and it happens in the very very end of the movie it's just like what
1: did it- you did you feel that the movie <laughs> I, I i mean there's so much so many layers to this movie i mean that you're dealing with depression you're dealing with the effects of like kids on a relationship you also deal with the social <laughs> i mean i even felt like there was something about social classes you know like oh the, bro- yeah, the, brother, the brother versus them and like yeah. how they had different priorities even like the the table where they were sitting and like the kids went over to eat and they're like you have chicken nuggets and then the nanny's like you can't eat chicken nuggets you know what's oh in there oh my god that yeah. scene
0: where she tells what she <laughs> tells them what's in a chicken nugget if i was a child i would never even want to look at a chicken nugget ever again in my life that was a horrible what I she know. did i know it was just horrible but i enjoyed tully i'm a big diablo cody fan and a big Jason Reitman fan and Mark Duplass was in it and I'm a fan of him him. so it was just a I was just fangirling out all over the place so if you guys get an opportunity to go see Tully it is in theaters now it is produced by Bronze Studios and Focus Features so check that out and we'll give you our rates at the end of the show next up on the list is Overboard Overboard you saw it? No. Okay. Did you see it? Yes, I did. I know you did. Yep. So I'm going to talk about Overboard because I saw the old Overboard. This okay. is reboot, <laughs> okay. Right? okay, yeah, Okay. Yeah. So I was going to talk about the new one. I mean, oh, and you can talk about the new Okay. One. So the old Overboard with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn is one of my favorite movies ever. Okay. It's so hilarious, and it was directed by Gary Marshall, who's no longer with us. Love that movie! I love it for the simple. I think did they meet on that movie? I think so. I think actually. they met on. Yeah. I think Goldie and Kurt met on that film, and they ended up. They didn't get married, but they have a um, a long lasting relationship as a result of that. Yes. And I kind of love that. And you can kind of you can kind of see the moment where they where it flips in the movie where they fall for each other for real. It's so cute. I love it. But for those who have not seen the old version, it's about. this carpenter whose wife has died, and she has about, um, I mean, he has about three, no, four four to five boys. He got a lot of boys, got a lot of kids. They're all boys, though. And his wife dies, and he's doing the best he can to keep afloat with his kids and um, his job and his bringing the money in to make everything okay. He meets this woman who wants these What does she want? She wants shoe. She wants cedar, not cedar. She wants some kind of closet put into the yacht for her shoes. (laughs) So he uses cedar wood and she has a nervous breakdown. And when that happens, the clash between the carpenter and this debutante socialite is pure comedy. And what ends up happening is they have this fight. She she, well, they have a fight, and then later on she goes out, she when they had the fight, she left something, her ring or something fell off on the boat at night, and her husband was in the bed, and she's like, would you go get my ring? He's like, no. She's <laughs> like, well, I'll go get it. Because he couldn't stand, they couldn't stand each other, but, you know, like the other movie, they had become complacent with who each other were and they just dealt with it for what it was. She goes up, up on the the deck to get whatever it was that fell off the ring or whatever it was and she falls into the ocean when she's found she has amnesia and then that's when Kurt Russell comes and gets her and pretends like they've been married and it's just, it's the funniest thing and then of course, you know, they find out that they're not married and then there's a whole other thing that happens but it's a really cute comedy. It's typical Gary Marshall formula, same kind of formula that he used with Pretty Woman and you know, in a lot of his romantic comedies, so I like the old one. For that reason, I purposely did not see the new one because okay. I didn't want my feelings to be hurt. <laughs> okay. And there's no slight to Anna Ferris and the young man is playing opposite I You know, Harris. I was
1: going to ask you: can, I'm 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 going to butcher this guy's name. Can you take a whack at it? What his name is? It's that gentleman right there.
0: Eugenio Debrez. See, Derbez. there
1: is no way I would say that. Eugenio
0: Derbez. Yeah. Eugenio Derbez. Derbez. Eugenio. Derbez. De de okay,
1: I'm just going to say Eugenio because I can. <laughs> I can try to remember that. Eugenio, Eugenio. is like Eugene in Spanish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we roll the trailer before I talk about yes, it?
0: Yes, let's roll the trailer.
1: I'm gonna. I'm gonna butcher's no. Delivering
0: pizzas and cleaning carpets for the rest of my life. No. You're.
1: Attractive for a carpet clean lady, although you maybe oh, could do I something with your hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you that's not it. it's drama. your face. Yeah, Ooh. could you be a doll and get me a little snack?
0: You know, I was just hired to do carpets, right? You're fired. I bet you haven't worked a single day in your entire self absorbed
1: life. Just pay me, and I'll be on my way. Nope. <laughs> nope I he is the devil. I owe the cleaning company three thousand bucks for a new machine, and they fired me. Rich people—they get away with everything. A million dollars. Okay, so I, I will open this up and say and admit that this trailer does not look that great. <laughs> and I, for that reason alone, I was not that excited about seeing this movie. I do remember seeing the original Overboard.
0: It was good, right?
1: It was good. I haven't seen it. In a long time. Oh,
0: my God. They play it on TV
1: all the time. Um, But I will say that this movie was surprisingly interesting because of the role reversal and also that it works so well for the Latino community. Okay. And I, I understand that a lot. And this is this is why it's so important that film critics look like someone else besides me. Because... here, hear to that. I mean, it's very true. Because when I was watching this movie, they 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 screened it for the critics. And then there was... Um, I think it was like... I don't know what the organization was. But there was a Latino organization mm-hmm. that was in there with us. Like, they mm-hmm. did a screening, a surprise screening for them. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that the two or three rows of critics, very few laughs, very few emotions. But the Latino Once, people were cracking they up. They were enjoying the hell out of it. And I, you know, the first 10 to 20 minutes of this movie was very rough. I'm not, like, there's too much buildup. Like, you kind of know the point. <laughs> but the guy, what's his name again? Because I already Yohinio
0: forgot
1: it. Derbez. That man is like Dwayne Johnson. He really? is, like, charismatic as all hell. Really? So as the movie kind of goes on... You like his character more and more, and he develops so much because he goes from being this rich a hole to becoming this guy who goes works construction, who comes home, feeds the family, makes dinners. And makes you know builds a relationship with the three th- three daughters, and oh, I mean and they,
0: make, they gave her daughters. Yeah, oh, so okay. it's
1: it's great because you really see this character change. You get to see him like learn and understand what it's like to be someone who is not so snooty, and. I really loved him in the movie. Uh, he was in another movie called How to Be a Latin Lover, which mm-hmm. I saw a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't that great of a movie either. But again, his performance really held its own. But not only him in this movie, there's um, a whole bunch of uh, secondary Lat- Latino characters mm-hmm. who work on the construction site with him. And their back and forth dialogue, I can only imagine how funny it was in Spanish. Because mm-hmm. even the translation... Made me laugh. So that's what they were probably <laughs> laughing at. And the few people who are part of our organization now who saw this movie told me, like, this is really funny. And they said, but the way that's being translated onto the subtitles is not exactly how they're saying it. Oh. So there's a little bit of a disconnect. So if you're a Spanish-speaking person, you'll get a lot more of the jokes because okay. it's not just what's on the, the, the screen. Okay. Um, with that being said I mean it's very similar to the original in terms of how it kind of plays out and and everything but I will also say that the ending is there's a great thing about this ending that I also really admire was without spoiling it there's a a point where he has to choose between either a whole bunch of money and Anna Faris Mm -hmm. and unlike most movies romantic comedies where it would just always be for the girl, Mm -hmm. there was this shadow of a doubt that he had as a character. And he's like, how much money were you talking about? And it was just, I know it's cheesy, but it it was refreshing to hear that. Because Mm -hmm. normally in every one of these movies, it's always like, oh, the girl always wins. It's like, you're really going to turn down like $10 million to be with Anna Faris? Like, that element of the movie kind of elevated the movie for Mm -hmm. me because i felt like it was very realistic Mm -hmm. i mean yes we know how it plays out Mm -hmm. but it was just nice to see that in there Mm -hmm. um my only complaint with this movie besides the first 10 to 15 minutes being a little too long Mm -hmm. and like too much like build up to it Mm -hmm. is i wish the movie spent a little bit more uh time with anna faris's character Mm -hmm. with him Mm -hmm. so throughout the movie like i was telling you he's He's working with the construction guys. So So they they don't
0: have that many scenes of them together? No, no. have this.
1: They have this great rapport with the construction people. He even gets some great scenes with the daughters. And then Hmm. Hannah Faris and him, like, they have a couple moments, but it doesn't have enough so that you feel at the end, you're like, yeah, I'm really rooting for you. You feel like you're rooting for them to stay together because of the kids and mm-hmm. because of all the relationships that mm-hmm. kind of came with mm-hmm. it, more than because of her and him.
0: Oh. So that's, that's that was the bad. only
1: weird thing about it. Oh, okay. But um, I, I know this movie's getting slammed at the box office, like not slammed at the box office, doing very well at the box office, actually. Mm-hmm. This is actually the biggest... Um, the biggest film that the studio... It's a Lionsgate film, but it's also right. tied with a Latino company. Right. And it's the biggest opening they ever had.
0: Oh, that's great. So
1: I think it's, it's great that it's making money. The right people are going to see this movie. And I think it's a, it's a great step forward for them. I okay. really I really do. And I'm, okay. I'm glad that... For once, I could be a person who is a white guy, and I can tell you to go see a Latino inspired movie, and I think it's good <laughs> because I, I feel like most of the people will not say this.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, like I didn't, and um, just because I worked with Homegirl at um, when I was shooting Living Biblically, Mom shot right next door to yes, us. Yes, yes, so yes. So her name is pronounced Anna. Oh, Anna. Sorry. Anna. Anna. So I just wanted to let sure. you know. Sure, Anna Because I know yeah. she might be listening. I'm like, she's like, why are you whispering? I'm like, no. Anna. Anna. Sorry. Ferris. Anna Sorry, but, Anna um, but, um, <laughs> But, um... I was really hoping this would be a big hit for her because she was married to Chris Pratt and he's having all this, you know, success oh, yeah. with the Avengers and Guardians and all that. And they're going through some tough times. So I was hoping that, you know, this would be a big hit for her just because she needs some good news right about now. So that was nice to hear that this is performing well at the box office. That's really cool. Yeah. So I gave the old version. You gave the new version. We'll give you'll give your. Um, rating at the end of the show. Let's talk about Bad Samaritan. Now, I heard this was a horror movie, so because it was a horror movie, you know I wasn't trying right, to see it. Right, 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 <laughs> So, let's, um, you want to see the trailer first before we talk, or you want to talk I don't, first?
1: Sure. I mean, I could talk I can talk about the movie first. Okay, a go little ahead. Bit. Um, so, this is a nice throwback to, like, a 90s cat and mouse type movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a suspense thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, I really admire the film for having a bunch of unlikable characters because mm-hmm. in most cases when you make a thriller, you want to root for someone and then you don't want to root for the other person. So it's very obvious. Right. So the movie sets sets the characters up very nicely mm-hmm. because these guys work at a restaurant where they valet cars and then they take – the cars and they wind up going to the people's houses and they break into their houses and they steal stuff so they're not ethical people so when the main character gets you know kind of faces that ethical dilemma when he goes to rob david tennant's house and he finds a girl that is held captured there Mm -hmm. he has this moral dilemma of his own As to what should he do. And the rest of the movie is all about a cat and mouse game between him and David Tennant's character. So I did not know what to expect from this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think it's an amazing film. But I do think that for being entertaining and engaging and kind of thrilling... I feel like it works, and it also feels like something that we haven't seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. Not that we haven't seen before. We've seen a ton of movies like this, but something that's not as, you know, relative to today. It it feels like something that was lost in the 90s, and it's kind of refreshing to see something like this because it's not like everything else that's out. Okay. So that's why I really liked it, and David Tennant is just... He's incredible. I mean, he's he's great on Doctor uh Doctor Who, Broadchurch, and now Jessica Jones. And You're a big this fan movie. of his. Yeah, mm-hmm. i actually loves Doctor Who. So mm-hmm. like I have to watch all these these shows with him. This
0: is like the third time I've heard you mention yeah, Doctor I, Who in I, the last video. Mean, he's
1: he's just very iconic and he's such a well-structured actor. I'm, i kid kid also talked about this. Mm-hmm. Is is that this guy can go from playing like a quirky little character to Playing a dead serious character, to mm-hmm. playing the bad guy, to playing comedy. He <laughs> could do it all. All so, right,
0: well, let's check out the trailer real
1: quick. Happy birthday, mother. Sean, sure. is that Ember? I got a good deal through a lady at work. Really? You still. Digital cameraman, you still use these? Absolutely.
0: I love this one. Crazy to think what you could do if you did this for your full time job.
1: Just a poor,
0: struggling. Enjoy your dinner, sir. See you in 10 minutes, brother. Welcome to Nino's. That's a beautiful car, sir. Yeah, don't touch it. (laughs) Navigating home. He he touched it. Oh, you beauty. Yo, talk to me. Black card. Shut up, Doc, for real? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything cool on your end, yeah. They're just getting their salads Melman.
1: Okay, don't show any more of this trailer. <laughs> this trailer legit, just, I mean, I don't know if, if I'd I... seen
0: that trailer, I'd be like, mm.
1: Well, not only that, it ruins the entire... That it ruins pretty the much entire movie? That pretty much summarizes the first 20 minutes of the movie. mm mm-hmm. It's like okay, I robbed from this, I robbed from that, I gave someone a ring, I'm going to go steal this guy's car, like and then I'm sure if we kept kept it playing it would have like said what else happened. So, wow.
0: You're like you're flabbergasted right now. I,
1: I, I mean, I don't understand why studios do that. And that, that maybe that's the reason why that movie didn't do that well at the because box office. Showed,
0: well, you know, a lot of times with trailers, it's kind of hit or miss. They either show the whole movie, not the whole movie, but they usually show like the really good, the best parts of the movie in the trailer. And then you go see the movie and you're like, well, damn, yeah. the best parts of the movie were in the trailer. And you kind of look at the whole, the movie as a whole and you're like, hmm. I could have just stayed at home and watched the trailer and been good. Yeah, I don't
1: I, I'm I thought we would be past that at this point where a trailer would ruin most of the movie, but I guess not.
0: It kinda I think it depends on the film, don't you? Yeah. And yeah. it
1: also depends on how much money they have too to probably market it and edit the trailers and that's together. That's true. That's
0: true. Well, so those are our three films. We'll give our ratings at the end of the show. Um we got two anniversaries coming up yes. this week X-Men 2 and the Iron Man. Yes. I was about to say the original start of the <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe, Iron Man. So Iron Man is celebrating 10th anniversary and X-Men 2 is celebrating their 15th anniversary. And then I would be remiss without mentioning Kevin Hart and his little extortion mishap this week. <laughs> we we feel for my brother and we hope that that kind of works out. But for those of you who have been under a rock, <laughs> basically Kevin Hart's best friend um, I won't say his name because I don't know if that's a definitive thing or not that this person actually did it. But allegedly his best friend threw him under the bus and was extorting money from him to um, not show a sex video from the week he was getting married. So there's that. So we hope that Kevin Hart is, you know, recovering well from that. It's always hard when, you know, a betrayal comes from someone that close. But him and this particular person were friends for over 15 years. So that's always a really hard pill to swallow. So there's that. And we have the Cannes Film Festival moved up by a week. Yes. So so that starts on the 8th. Yeah. The 8th of May. People,
1: everyone flew over there this weekend who was going.
0: Yeah. And um, there's the biggest thing about uh, Cam this year is that everybody's talking about the fact that Netflix, obviously, is absent this year. There's an absence of Netflix presence. They also
1: turned down a lot of studio films, which was also strange. The Amazon studio film, which was by the director... Oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of this. But it was by the director of uh, Call Me By Your Name. Oh, was supposed to have a movie there. It's a horror remake with Dakota Johnson. I can remember all this, but I can't remember the title of the film. Um, (laughs) But... That was booted off out of that festival. Um wow. I will say that I'm very impressed with the jury. Remember, it was either last year or the year before Jessica Chastain went to Cannes. Yes. And she was on the jury, and she made this big epic speech about how, you know, female representation in films and the type of movies that they were showing and how she was kind of shocked. And now if you look at the board this year there's a lot of people on there um one but of my personal favorite one of my personal favorites was uh kristen stewart is going to be on the voting okay. voting board for that
0: well thank goodness they've made some strides with the board because as far as women directors and accepting their films oh, they have yes. not there were three last year there's three this year the three this year and it, and that's a shame because Cannes film festival has been happening for 71 years so in 71 years <laughs> <laughs> you know, you only have three women that have films. So the first one, um, let's see, she is the St. Jane Campion, who um, won the Palme d'Or for the piano back in 1993. Okay, okay. So she has a film that's that's going to be shown. Um, there's a Lebanese actress turned director, Nadine Labaki, makes her third appearance at Cannes with Capernaum. Ka- I'm so sorry if I butchered that name of your film. Um, and... Uh, Ava Hussain in her sophomore effort, um, "Girls in the Sun," is going to be there um, at Cannes. And then the um, the films that I think are highly anticipated to be seen are one of the films that we discussed the other night on the podcast, "Under the Silver Lake" with Andrew Garfield. Oh, I can't wait for that movie. Um, there's a film now. They they were, it was confusing the way I read this. So apparently, this film with Michael B. Jordan, Fahrenheit four five one, is going to be on Netflix, but they're showing it at Cannes as well, which is so, really interesting to me. Right? Because then they say no. They said yeah. They said at so, so they I must don't, have wor- they must have worked something out and never made headlines. Yeah, because I I saw big old billboards saying Fahrenheit four five one Netflix. So I was like, yeah, because yeah. it said it was being at Cannes, and then uh, Spike Lee's Black Klansman, right? Um, which is really interesting because Spike Lee. Um, his career was launched at Cannes with Do the Right Thing, so I think this is probably the first time he's been there in quite some time, so that'll be interesting, if nothing else. The L.A. Asian Pacific Film Festival opened this week, and um, it's always a really fun one. There was a film that opened there um, with John Cho. What was the name of that film? Searching. Searching. So that was the opening night film at the L.A. Asian Pacific Film Festival. It is film amazing, festival. that movie. So if you guys are in Los Angeles, check that fest- film festival out. Um, go online, you know, put it in and check it out. Um, and so that's it. So let's talk about what our ratings are for Tully. If you, How many tomatoes would you give Tully? Out of what? Five. Five? Four. I give it four and a half. Okay. (laughs) What about Overboard? Three and a half. And what about Bad Samaritan?
1: Three and a
0: half. Okay. So Tully gets four, four and a half from us. So that's probably our highest rated of the day. Yes. And then uh, we have Bad Samaritan and Overboard, which both you gave both of them. I
1: would would tie it there. Because, I mean, they work. They're not amazing movies, but they work for different reasons. Okay. And they're entertaining enough.
0: Okay. So. All right. Um, but before we go, speaking of entertainment, <laughs> <laughs> I like that segue. We, If you want to have fun, learn and grow, then I have the podcast for you to check out. It is Conversations with Maria Menuno's Podcast Edition, hosted by our AfterBuzz founder, and it drops every Friday on iTunes. Conversations with Maria Menuno's features celebrity and influence interviews along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of your life from health and wellness to career relationships finances and so much more let our maria be the big sister you've always wanted so go to itunes subscribe to conversations with maria menounos for free and when you get over there tell her that scott menzel and carla renata from black tomatoes sent you there be sure to rate and comment when you do and let it again you know let homegirl know that we sent you over there conversations with maria menuno's podcast edition every friday it drops on itunes check it out i think that is gonna do it for us with this edition of black tomatoes
1: so what do you want to uh sneak peek for next week we have life of the party
0: i think life of the party Yep. Life of the Party is what we're going to sneak peek for next week. Because and
1: No, you know, you're forgetting it. What? What? It's very important that what? you mention this what? on Black Tomatoes, what? Breaking In.
0: Oh, Gabrielle Union. Oh, my God. Thank you for reminding you're me. You're welcome. Breaking In and Life of the Party. We're going to talk about those two films next week and probably, you know, some other stuff, too. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, we'll, we'll break that out. Yeah. But- <laughs> But I am your host, Carla Renata. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. Go over to iTunes. Give us those five stars. Give us a big old thumbs up at YouTube and come in the chat room and talk to us. We will talk back. And where can they find you, Scott?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M, And then go to WeLiveEntertainment.com to read all my written reviews and interviews. Thank you
0: yay all right you guys so check us out give us some love we love you back and we are always so happy proud and honored that you check scott and i out at black tomatoes here at black hollywood live until next week love peace and hair grease at King XO Bay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined! Redefined. <laughs> the views expressed here are those of the whole zone and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.